0: What if I told you, I know what happens when you die. You become a ghost. No more criminal records. No more office parties. Our stupid weddings. The best part of being dead is the freedom. Hey, this is Nate Hammond from Tonic Pop. Um, So I started off with a giggle because I just heard a fairly funny bird squawk outside right before I started Uh, but I've got the windows open that's why I'm sitting in my music room aka podcast studio aka hangout zone uh, personal space when we're trying to get away from the kids aka inspiration room I don't know lots of aka's I guess but this is the room where uh, we're recording our podcasts and I'm excited today to talk about uh, or to review 6 Underground, and when I say excited, eh, I'm not really, (laughs) to be honest, Uh, because I was hoping for a lot more out of this film. Uh, Even though it is directed by one of my least favorite directors, I still enjoy a lot of his films. When I say least favorite directors, I mean, I just see so much out of him that I get frustrated by. Uh, He puts out this stuff that I feel could, uh, just little tweaks could have resulted in much smarter direction for the film that he puts out and that is Michael Bay and so he's very hot and cold for me I love things like The Rock uh, and the first Transformers but then he follows it up with other things that are just I've, I've, I've described them as being like a, a hoarder when it comes to his films it's like he just crams all these things into his house like a hoarder does and there's so uh, into his movies and there's so much mess that it's hard to really see the pathway that you're supposed to be taking to get to your room it's hard to lie down in your bed whatever um wherever the metaphor takes you in your mind uh yeah so he's basically just one of these crazy cacophony uh loving directors but for the most part his films are still fairly enjoyable this one however it was so frustrating that it was hard to enjoy and that sucks because it starred ryan reynolds who's one of my favorite actors unfortunately i feel like they kind of typecast him a little bit in this and i feel like he felt he was typecast and so he acted uh almost like he just wasn't vibing with it but let's get straight into it let me talk about the pros all right first this was a hell of a great cast. As I said, Ryan Reynolds, he stars as one. One, obviously a code name. One is a billionaire who faked his own death and then put together a squad of elite and highly skilled fighters, weapons, experts, that sort of thing. And we've seen it all before with Ocean's Eleven and the like, where they construct these ensembles, these pretty cool ensembles where everyone has their own individual talents and together they work in the, like Voltron. They have also faked their own deaths, by the way, and they're now working together as a team of what they self-describe as ghosts. Ghosts working independent of government or other ruling bodies. What a cool concept. I totally want to see this succeed as a franchise. It's like the A-team for the um, 2000s, right? So please, get better at this, Bay, or hand it off to another director, because I do want to see this as a franchise. Uh, who are the other actors ridiculously talented french jewish or is that jewish french french jew i don't know actress melanie laurent filmmaker singer pianist um this woman has it all she's a recipient of two caesar awards and a Lumiere award many may know her from her starring role and her, excuse me a moment i'm gonna shut my window too much outside noise um so, the recipient of two Caesar Awards, a Lumiere Award, many may know her from a starring role in Hollywood debut playing Shoshana Dreyfus in Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. Her performance won the Online Film Critics Society and the Austin Film Critics Association Best Actress Award. Um, I'm talking about Inglorious Bastards, of course, not this film that we're talking about today, Six Underground. In this film, she goes all action hero. Mostly straight, stoic, down-the-line, no bullcrap, crap accepting action girl of the Furiosa mold. Though with perhaps a bit more zest, as the script required a little bit of sexual attraction between her and another character. Uh, Dave Franco, son of Betsy and Douglas, brother of James, the more well-known James, and husband of Alison Bree. He gets to go all baby driver, though he's 35, so maybe closer to middle-aged driver. It was good to see him in an action man role. He has got an easy, cool, natural way about his acting that I like. Ben Hardy. Forget that he played one of the worst X-Men characters to ever be portrayed on screen when he glued on some wings for Apocalypse. Nothing to do with his acting in Apocalypse, but just the character itself was just so lame. Remember instead his excellent portrayal of Roger Taylor in Bohemian Rhapsody. In this film, he shows off some mad parkour skills. Michael Bay tends to forget that parkour sequences were 2015, so 2015 or before that actually, and films as though he thought up the concept. But regardless, if you're a fan or have uh, been introduced to the French free-running concept only recently, maybe you're watching The Office retro-trending on streaming services um, and saw the parkour-parkour opening scene, then you'll get a kick out of Hardy's efforts. And actually, no, if I really think about it, I'm being facetious. Um, and I'm doing this component of the movie and Injustice. Because, to be honest, the parkour was standout. Hardy apparently did some of the basic car- uh, parkour himself. But considering the high level of stunts, the doubles were drawn from the popular YouTubers and free-running collective Stora. According to Toby Sega of the collective, regarding the free-running sequences... He says Six Underground looks the most legit of any movie I've seen before because the stuff's really happening. He says the jumps are real. And then he goes on to say that while some CGI was utilized, 90% of it was real. He says no gaps were widened with filmmaking magic. So you know how sometimes you see some parkour sequences and they've got these mighty gaps that people have to jump over and they just barely grab onto a rail. Um, I don't know how it doesn't like create some sort of internal bleeding when they jump from a high height and they just barely barely make it. Um, it was what it was and in my opinion this was one of the few things worth watching the film for. So if you could just clip out those sequences and watch them as if you're watching some YouTube you'd get a kick out of it. Anyway Ben Harvey, uh, Harvey Ben Hardy yeah I dig him. Uh, who else was there Puerto Rican, Guatemalan um, Adria Ariona. She played her role steady. Um, Nothing really amazing there But but she's a steady actress American Corey Hawkins He blew audiences away with his breakthrough role As legendary rapper Dr. Dre In 2015 Straight out of Compton This Six Underground part Was not really a role Worthy of his talents Or perhaps it was But the character itself wasn't given enough presence Um, With that said While the character could have been fleshed out more He did carry it with ease And he did himself no harm I read one review that described the characters as hollow. I'm not quite sure I agree, as I think that the issue was that they just weren't fleshed out enough. Each character had substance, they were well designed, well crafted characters. We just didn't get to really pierce through to any of their inner layers. It's like someone showing you the outside of a mansion and describing the grand, luxurious interior but not actually inviting you inside to actually walk around and see what is inside. So the cast is strong. And although Reynolds seemed to be laboring a bit with this one, perhaps not, as I said, vibing with it, they all acted really well and they interacted with each other really well. So what about the writing? Well, it was decent. It was solid, for sure. There were a few too many, let's have quintessential smartass Ryan Reynolds lines in there, shall we? Um, moments, which is maybe why Ryan seemed to be a little bored with the part. But overall, for this type of action film, the dialogue was good, solid at least. The story—it was a cool story. It really was. As I nodded to earlier, imagine Ocean's Eleven, except with six people who fake their own death and instead of committing a heist, commit an assassination in an attempt to commit a coup d'état. Mad. What seriously? A cool concept that I want to see more of. How the story was told, that is the problem. But I'll get to that soon, as I don't know if that's the writer's or the director's fault. The writers have good street cred. Uh, Paul Wernick and Reit Reese, they teamed up again after writing together for the Deadpool and Zombieland franchise. They've shown already, they've proven with their resume that they can do sharp, witty, well-paced scripts. The cameramen, they need, they need to be applauded for their captures the editing team must have had a hell of a time working hard to chop and piece this one together so where did it go wrong where did it go wrong for me i should say because a lot of people are going to absolutely love this although talking to my brother-in-law luke who you can listen to on our movie bros episodes uh he kind of felt the same way uh, when he was speaking to me about it it said wait was it him i can't remember actually who was it I better, not, I better not quote it as if it's coming from a loop. But whoever I was talking to uh, was saying that they got through the first, uh, the opening sequences, and they just, it was really heady for them. They described it like uh, watching a trailer, a really long trailer, and they said, does it go on like that? And I said, yeah, it does. The whole movie is like that. And they said, oh, I'm not sure if I can watch the whole thing. If I start with one of the opening scenes to kind of set it up, the tropey. Uh, of tropiest action sequences the car chase this one is through the piazza santa maria novella in florence now i've come to the point in my life where i can't watch a film and cheer on the good guys when their collateral damage especially when innocent lives are involved is high i think that's become a general feeling among audiences and both marvel and dc just for examples of some studios have picked up on that Oh, and within their own universes they have begun moving their big destructive battles away from the good old wanton devastation of civilian lives and livelihoods and um, businesses buildings hell the avengers even made it central to the sokovia accords reasoning after the death of peacekeepers and charity workers at the hands of unwitting superheroes trying to thwart a terrorist attack Michael bay didn't get the memo i guess this is what you get when you unleash the Bay big Suns out. Guns out. Brash. headachey, Cringy. What the hell is happening here? Fun. Love it. Hate it. All the way. Like a roller coaster that goes for too long and has too many loops. Wee, this is fun. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling sick. Wee, this is fun. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. This is what watching this film is like. Some of the things Michael did get right though included Ode to Locations, beautiful shots, brilliant camera work, and believe it or not, practicality and even realism. The car chase resulted in a lot of gut-churning, realistic deaths. None of those car rolls, flips, driver walks away with an elbow scratch. There are some really gruesome kills here. And so long as you don't blink, you'll see some hyper-realistic car crash or crash-caused body mutilation. It's almost like a horror movie, some of the um, body mutilations. This is such a good idea. Good actors, decent dialogue, smashing the audacious ac- action sequences. It's like Michael Bay decided to learn from the mistakes of his past films. But then he went and created new mistakes. And that's what frustrates me. I so badly want to like this. But as one, um, as I mentioned before, if it was Luke or it might have been James, I can't remember who was talking to me about it. It was like watching a really long trailer. The one thing I can say about Bay is that he doesn't hold back. For better or for worse, he holds that throttle down. As some people dig it, I don't mind when it's done with predominant smoothness and steadfastness, but the erratic changes of scene and split-second shot changes over and over and over again make just make for a gut-churning ride. It messes up the audience's ability to follow the plot. It's like trying to tune into a script-reading script reading sitting in a room under a disco ball while dancing bears, swing fire poise. It's just you can't focus. You can't concentrate on what is actually going on because there's too, much, um, other, there's too many other things going on around you. I used to work as a bouncer at clubs and I remember seeing attractive young men and women come through the doors looking sharp, polite, articulate. That's how I see this. Um, that's how I see Bay's work overall presenting itself on paper Like it looks good, it looks sharp, it looks attractive. But by the end of the night, after too many drinks and or drugs, these same patrons, they're a mess. Stumbling around, not knowing left from right, not making much sense when they tried to engage. Oddly entertaining to watch for a little bit. But soon their new persona, um, you know, wears thin. They begin to get on the nerves. This was Underground 6 for me. It reads well. The concept, the ensemble, the plot, they look really sharp. But then, somehow... It gets completely wasted, off its face, drunk, under Bay's direction. Look, I struggled to watch it. Um, I had to watch it in pieces. It was very hard to watch it in one smooth ride. But, you know, go and check it out for yourself. Or if you've already seen it and you have a difference of opinion, please let me know. Talk to me on my Facebook page, Tonic Pop Podcast. Find me there, like it. Um, I've only just started to get a bit of interaction there. I've really got to use my social media a little bit better when it comes to this podcast. But share this, uh, listen to our other episodes, some of them are reviews, some of them are talking about inspiration that I find or that people that I interview find from different pieces of art, whether it's movies or books or songs, etc. Listen to our reviews or listen to our um, favorite fives, that's myself and my brother-in-law Luke manages movie theater. We talk about our favourite fives. We take a topic talk about our favourite fives. Whatever it is. But come and find us. Uh, listen to the rest of our episodes. And we'll see you soon. No, no, no. Not see you soon. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. We'll engage soon. If you find us on social media, we can engage there. Yeah. But not see you soon. Well, I could see you soon. Depends where you live. Where do you live?